Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market. And cue talent. Hello and welcome to This Week in Production. I'm your host, Art Aldridge, and this is episode 52. Before I get to this week's topic, I want to encourage you to send me your comments and feedback. Please email thisweekinproduction at gmail.com or call me on my Google voicemail. I'm not going to answer, but it's, it's a voicemail box that you can leave a message. 601-564-TWIP, T-W-I-P, 601-564-8947. Like I said, I'd love to hear from you, comments, suggestions, good, bad, or whatever. You want to yell at me? You want to tell me I suck? Please, I welcome it. Okay, let's get back to this week's topic. I thought I would look back this week at the short one-year history of This Week in Production. I really don't have a good reason why I'm doing this podcast. I'm not making any money from it. Uh, I think really it goes back to just the exchange of ideas and information. There's something about that that's appealing to me. Back in 2002, I started the first Final Cut Pro user group in New Jersey. That was important to just get together with other people who were using a fairly new piece of software. There was lots of questions and problems and workflows. We really just had a good group of people who were interested in collaborating on ideas. I think that's part of the podcast, even though it's not as interactive as in a room with you know other people. It's just the sharing of ideas, the telling of stories. I know that I get some feedback, though not a tremendous amount, that you know people appreciate the, the honesty, the approach, the, the content. Last week, I got a note from a reader that said, hey, thanks for this week's story. Helps me feel normal. I've had similar experiences. That was from a listener named Stas regarding the job that went bad despite all of the warnings and preparations that I gave the client. So those are things that I enjoy about the podcast. I don't know if I've gotten better at it over 52 episodes or not. That's not really for me to say. That's for you guys to say. Um, I mean, the, the audience has grown a bit. It's still not, you know, tens of thousands of people or even thousands of people who listen every week. But there's a growing audience. I'd, I'd love to grow more, but it's not that important to me. I'm not monetizing it. I, that's not my desire. My desire is really just more interactivity and, and a conversation about things that happen in, in the production world that don't always get talked about. So if you will, take a trip back with me over the past year. I'm going to kind of recap the top 10 episodes based on the number of downloads, and just give a little recap of each episode. And if you haven't heard them, you can go back and listen to them. So the number 10 most popular episode I did was episode 30 called 30 Years. 
I had a friend and colleague, Don McGee, on, who's a longtime corporate video producer, writer, really great guy. I met him going way, way back in a pharmaceutical day when I was just hired as an editor on a Media 100 system, and uh, we've been friends ever since. We've done many, many jobs over over 30 years, really. He, he spent the better part of his career in corporate video. And I know the jobs that he does because I've done a lot of them with him. And they are really the most boring, mundane jobs that you can do. And just like to hear him talk about it because he's thankful for the work. He always finds a way to be, you know, efficient and on the ball and right to the point. And I respect him for that. And um, that was a good episode if you're in that field, especially just how to keep your sanity. And we talked about a few horror stories in that as well. So that, that's a good episode, Twip 30. Nobody goes to college to start, wow, I want to be a corporate TV producer. <laughs> Nobody does that. <laughs> but um, it, it, as I said, it's, uh, there's a certain amount of creativity. Every once in a while you get a job that's fun. We've worked on a few things where there, there might be you know, a trip to an exotic location involved. There might be golfing involved. In the corporate world, obviously, golf is still a big, uh, a big deal and, a, and a, 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 an activity that a lot of people who are in corporate America get involved with. Um, so there's, there's that, but it, 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 it is, um, it's rewarding in that you can be in a creative job and still have, as you said, a life where you can say, Hey, you know what? I'm not, I can have weekends, you know, I can have holidays if I want them. TWIP episode 18 is the ninth most popular episode entitled up and coming creatives. It's with two young filmmakers, Christian Schlicht and Tristan Stafford. Christian has become one of my regular production guys. I like having him on the crew, very talented. These guys made a film. They were talking about their process. I think it's important for me. I enjoy having younger people on the set. I like watching their approach to the visuals, to problem solving. Sometimes as we get older, we get sort of set. We have a way that we like to do things. It blinds us sometimes to seeing other options. So I like having young people on the set and getting that perspective. Always try to keep an open mind and, and you know your eyes open to other options. So that's episode 18, Up and Coming Creatives. We ended up shooting this whole thing in, what was it, like 14 days? Something like yeah, that. Something ridiculous. 14, 17. And 14 days for 106 page script is not a lot of time. <laughs> no. It's ridiculous. It was ridiculous. But but you compressed it due to budget and time constraints and things like that. We we compressed the days, yes, but we didn't have to really make too many alterations to the script. Um I don't know if this is something that you know, I, I worked really hard to be pretty good at writing scripts for no money, you know, really utilizing what I have and, you know, knowing the weird, quirky, stupid things that exist, unfortunately, states away. But, you know, if, if it states away and we've got a little bit of money, we can get there and do it, you know, such as, you know, we, the house that I started writing the script at in Maine became, you know, a, a big set piece. And in the original script, it was an even bigger set piece. But, you know, in, it turned out to still remain, you know, a, a center of the film. 
The Iditarod seems to be a fairly popular topic. I mean, it's a big part of my production world these days. Episode 36, Hardcore Iditarod Camera Op Phil Townsend is the eighth most popular podcast. Phil is one of the camera operators on the Iditarod who goes out on the trail on snow machines, camping in the elements. It's really one of the toughest positions on the Iditarod production team. Phil, the first year I met him, um, sank a snow machine into a lake and almost lost his job. We talk about that story and just some of his experiences on the trail. He's a great guy, and that was a good episode. It is dangerous, to say the least. It can be. I think you, I think you mitigate it. I, honestly, the guides are so experienced. These Alaskan guides that we get are so experienced. It, I, I wouldn't say you get complacent out there, but you feel safe. Well, I think you do feel safe because I think you're downplaying, you know, the potential risks. Because if you, if, if you, you know, do something, you know, wrong, I mean, it could literally be life or death. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, do, um, you, and, and, do you do any that, other jobs that are like this? Not quite like this. I've been to, I worked for, a, I did a lot of work for an NGO traveling around the world and we went to we were in some pretty sketchy scenes in haiti and some disaster areas at times but not you know it's like the weather was passed and it was more like uh you're more worried about rioting and stuff like that right or but nothing nothing like the weather like do you ever do you ever get out there on the iditarod trail and be like you know why am i doing this again Oh, all the time. <laughs> you know that, Art. <laughs> I do. I was just checking to see if I was the only one. No, we all do. <laughs> no, I mean, the, I've, I've, I think I've told everybody at some point, I'm like, this would be the best job if we could just stop working as soon as the sun went down, like a normal job. TWIP episode 15, The Lithium Battery Crisis, is honestly one of my favorite episodes this is the seventh most popular episode of the year. This episode, I discuss just the whole situation with lithium batteries. If you're not really familiar with it, certainly go back and listen to that episode. We talk with the founder of PAG Batteries, and we talk about the way that they make the batteries and what the dangers are and the unknown dangers and why you can't just have blinders on uh, when traveling with batteries. And, and you need to know, you need to do your diligence about knowing what batteries you have and how you're traveling with them because it's a, it's a public safety issue, especially when flying. That episode I really felt like was uh, an important topic that no one was discussing. Now you said something before that, that was interesting to me. Um, it, it sounds to me, and you correct me if I'm wrong, that it's almost as important in the way that you charge and discharge the battery than it is the battery construction. Yeah, it is the battery construction, and there are limitations. Um, there are only, you know, what we would call three manufacturers of cells in the world. Um, and for, for us, 
to use and any reputable manufacturer, the first thing you have to do is to get permission from the cell manufacturer to actually use these in your device. You cannot just um, say to uh, you know, cell manufacturer A, I want 5,000 cells. He is not going to sell them to you. Number six in the top episode countdown is episode 32, Bound for Alaska. This is an episode where I'm preparing all of my gear for what's going to be a month-long job, live streaming and producing content for the Iditarod sled dog race. This was really kind of pre-COVID. We didn't know what we didn't know when we recorded that episode. So this is, you know, February, and I'm now a little frantic about getting this ready for March. So I communicate with the company, which is based in the Netherlands. Of course, there's a six or seven hour time zone difference and all of this stuff. And they've been, in fairness, they've been very accommodating to help me. It's just I wish it would have been right out of the box. So. They determined, after some testing on their end, that the initial power draw on the camera was higher than the threshold set in the Monk to provide power to the cameras. So they sent me three new boxes, which arrived two days ago. And so I got the new boxes, I tested them out, and two of them are great. Two of them work as advertised. The third one has a different problem. So I had to basically figure out, okay, this one of these new boxes has to go back. I'll keep one of the old boxes that worked that could power up at least the little camera. So I've got a working system, but not not perfectly uh, set up. Episode 33. The fifth most popular podcast. And on this episode, we're in Anchorage, Alaska. I'm talking with Christian Schlicht, who I brought to Alaska for the first time. Christian, over the years that I've known him, had always wanted to go to the Iditarod, wanted to have that adventure. I was able to work him into my crew this year on the live streaming, but he was green and he did not know what to expect. And this is in Anchorage right before he's about to go out on the trail. Tomorrow we're going to be in Anchorage doing uh, production and live streaming. But Sunday you'll be uh, sent out into the wild. Yeah. So um, what are you you looking forward to most? What are you concerned about most on Sunday? You know, to be honest, I'm looking forward to being kind of immersed and out of touch with everyone. you know, living in New York City, it's kind of the complete 180 of what I experience day to day. But um, no, I'm I'm excited to be, um, you know, working as a camera operator. That's for sure. That's it's my passion. Um, I uh, you know, the only thing on my mind is that you know the temperatures have dropped kind of low over the course of the last few weeks, and uh, it's looking to hit. And I know we saw for the first my first checkpoint was going to be minus 29 Fahrenheit on a Monday night, so. Just, I feel like it's more of a mental preparation. I'm all set on gear, so it's all about being mentally prepared for it. Number four in the countdown is episode 41, 
It was right after I got the Mac Pro. Not too many people had jumped the gun on this. And I was looking for a conversation. And I found that in Richard Taylor, who's FCPX TV. He's social media everywhere with uh, Final Cut. And I knew that he had pre-ordered a Mac Pro around the same time I did. I had a great conversation with Richard about the Mac Pro and the sort of evolution of Final Cut Pro 10. Take a listen. But I got scared the other day because I was rendering out of compressor and I was not seeing any activity on the CPU meter, like very little, just a little couple of blips. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, why is this software not, you know, using the resources it has? I was a little concerned about it. So I started investigating, you know, this compared to, I have a, the Adobe Creative Cloud Suite. So I ran some tests with Media Encoder and Media Encoder was using all 16 cores and it was using it at like 60% optimization or, or usage utilization, I should say. Right. So I got excited. I was like, wow, like maybe Media Encoder has been tuned to use this hardware better. So I started to think, okay, let me run a head-to-head -head now compressor against a media encoder with the same, as close to the same setting as I could get, H.264, two-pass, five-megabit file. And I ran them both through, and it turned out, even though compressor is not showing any CPU usage, compressor is still 60% faster than media encoder in that encode. Right, and there's a couple of reasons. Number one, Adobe doesn't use the uh, graphics. Right, they don't touch the ATI stuff. They're all right. NVIDIA so too. they have they have to use the CPU. When in Final Cut, just the opposite. Final Cut uses the graphics more, much more than does CPU. Number three, we're back at Iditarod. This is episode thirty-five, a wrap on Iditarod forty-eight. This was recorded in March of this year, so this is a fairly recent episode. I had Tom and Christian with me who were on my live streaming team, and we were in Gnome trying to get out of Dodge. Literally, as we wrapped the podcast, we jumped on a plane to get out of town, and we talked about just the whole craziness of the Iditarod from the normal production work, the normal drama that comes along with that and then all of the drama with the covid so that episode very fresh in my mind so one night we were um you know 11 p.m start and you know i expected an hour to give into <laughs> what i heard earlier we wrapped at um 2 26 a.m local time so it was about just shy of three and a half hour yes. stream and like tom said you know I'm, I'm doing circles in the snow try to keep my feet warm and i had my snow <laughs> boots on and the worst part is it was only 22 above and it's, you know, 22 above only, you think. But, you know, that's kind of warm considering. That's very warm. But you when know. you're standing still, yeah. you know, if you're not generating your own heat, that's it's tough to maintain. It seeps through everything. It yeah. gets you. It does. And it was a cold. It was a wet cold. Yeah. And uh, about, you know, 1 a.m., I was still doing little circles in the snow while they were, <laughs> while they were on air. And I, and I looked back and I see the northern lights. And that was... Yeah, that's a great. Yeah, that's a great experience. I've only out of the fourteen years, I've only seen them, I think, twice. The second most popular TWIP episode is episode eleven. It's entitled "Finding Creativity." 
This is an early in the history of the podcast episode. And I sat down with my friend and collaborator, John Werner. John is a writer, producer, director. We've worked together going back to the early days of WWOR TV in the 90s. We've been friends and uh, we worked together a lot ever since. And we sit down and we just talk about finding creativity on jobs that you might not normally have a lot of creative control. I've bribed Johnny with another glass of McAllen, special edition number three. Truth serum. Truth serum. And I've I've asked I've asked you to tell me, share with us your worst <laughs> directing experience and your best directing directing experience. I've had the opportunity to direct a feature film, independent film, where there was a lot on the line. It was the independent film that we talked about earlier. And that was a great experience. I don't know why, when it was happening, if I really felt like it was a great experience because it was just so much going on. Um, and I used to have to hide in the bathroom because I was also producer, executive producer, director, and the writer, and one of the producers, you know, and I would literally go in the bathroom and hide when I needed five minutes alone. Um, which is great. I mean, that sounds like, oh, you know, isn't poor, 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 pitiful me. That's not really the case. It was a great experience. The number one most popular TWIP episode of this year is episode 44, Taking a Cross-Country Job in a Pandemic. That's from May of this year, and it's with Christian Schlicht, and his friend Brandon, who had debated about doing a automotive shoot in California in the heart of the pandemic crisis, and why they went through with the job, their preparations, the thought process, the actual drama that happened on set. And that makes sense that that was the most popular episode that I did on This Week in Production. But did you have a discussion like, do we price this normally? Do we price it more because of the risk? Or do we price it less because we want the work? It was kind of a mix of all of those factors. Um, we knew off the bat there was risk, you know, any risk right now. But, you know, being, you know, younger, less experienced um, creatives and filmmakers, we we need, you know, everything to help practice and develop ourselves as artists to, you know, keep driving our careers. So, you know, I know me personally, I'm not one to say no to anything off the bat, even during a pandemic as you know, selfish as that might sound. But, um, uh, you know, there's always a way to kind of do something. And uh, if you're looking to hear anything about hazard pay, that wasn't, you know, in the budget. Um, this was kind of just a normal price out. You know, how can we do this? How can we get paid and how can we do it safely? We went through a couple of budgets with them, uh, just kind of discussing back and forth. But just like Christian said, um, we're, we're not really the type of people to turn anything down if it's something that's going to kind of that we think that we're going to be able to do a good job on and that will help us out in the future for for where we are right now. So with uh, we thought that we could do it safely. So we kind of worked with them a little bit to make sure that we could this would be something that we could do. Thanks for taking this little look back at the past year of This Week in Production. I would just want to give a shout out to everyone who's participated in the podcast. I know I've gone to the well on some of my guests, but I think they have an interesting perspective on things. And 
a lot of the podcasts are recorded on location during a production. So I'm there with my regular crew most of the time, Lou Lita, Tom Chartrand, Christian Schlick, etc., etc., etc. I do always try to get an interesting guest if it's relative to something going on. If you have ideas for content for the show, I would love to hear them. You can email me thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. I think if I were to give myself a critique, I don't know if the shows are better or not. I, I think I'm more comfortable behind the mic. I know that the first few episodes, I used to edit them pretty heavily, taking out ums and ahs and pauses and breaths. I think now I'm, I'm more comfortable just kind of going straight down and not always stopping for a thought or a retake or things like that. So I hope they sound better. I hope I come across better. Again, you guys can tell me if that's accurate or not. I think the listenership has grown, though it's small. It has grown. I do enjoy doing them. I plan to keep doing them unless you guys stop listening. I wouldn't mind getting more feedback and maybe more reach so you can tell your friends about the podcast, get them to listen. So that's a wrap on one year of This Week in Production. I'm your host, Art Aldridge. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.